Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church and OCCathome.com. We are so glad you're here. At OCC, our mission is to invite people to take their next steps with Jesus. And so we pray that through our time together, you're encouraged and challenged to move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Well, welcome to Orange Crest Community Church. I'm Josh De La Rosa, the senior pastor here at OCC. And we're nearing the end of this series that we've been in. Uh, we have this week and next week. And then uh, you've been hearing just from a number of our pastors and, and then a few other men in our uh, congregation who I've asked to help with this series. So all these messages, you can find these on Church Center, our app. And if you uh, step into this series somewhere in the middle, I invite you to maybe go into Church Center and uh, take a look back and, and maybe thumb through some of those messages to catch up if you'd like to see where we've been. But we're, uh, we've looked at the cycles of life. We looked at the pursuits of pleasure and strategy and advancement and the limits of our own understanding. Last week we looked at the limits of uh, knowing the future. And today we're going to look at enjoying life. And, and how do you do that? Now, in a way, this, this morning's passage that we're going to look at sort of resembles a tapestry of of country music songs. If you're a country music fan, you know those songs that are sort of tearjerker songs where uh, someone's sort of looking back on their life and reflecting and sharing about all of their life's learnings. And you, but some of you know that for my family, this uh, season that we're in will be a beginning of a period of launching our children in the next six years. So we're launching out our oldest, who's 18, into adulthood, and then here we go. Over the next six years, it's going to be launch, launch, a launch season. And so uh, now, <laughs> I'm probably going to need over this season uh, tissue boxes in my office and around my house. And and to top it off, this past Monday we were uh, at the at uh, our local university where my son's going to college and, and uh, we went to new student orientation and uh, he's going to be living in the dorms, moving out our house about 20 minutes from the campus. And uh, with our 18 year old, it was sort of this opportunity for us to sort of uh, be a part of learning uh, what this freshman year is going to look like. And so there was this point where uh, that one of the presenters, he, he said, okay, this is for the parents and, and the, the lights sort of dimmed and, and the presenter said, okay, parents and students, everyone shut your eyes. And he, he turns the lights down. We shut our eyes. He says, take a deep breath, everyone. So, and then he says, picture that person beside you who you're launching really soon. Picture them in your arms 17 years ago, 18 years ago. Do you have that image in your mind? Uh, and remember those first few days. And, and then remember the, the first laugh and the first step and the first smile and the first word and, and on and on. He's going through all these firsts and, and he's, he's going slowly and you're getting these images in your mind and, and the first day of preschool and then the first day of kindergarten and, and now I couldn't even make it to preschool. <laughs> I got to preschool and I'm just waterworks at this point. And uh, it's just stop, stop, stop. We get it. And he's walking through these 40 to 50 moments uh, up until this moment that we're at right here and now in this arena full of, uh, you know, 1,500 people. Some of them are students, some of the parents. And and I'm thinking, wow, all of these years have led up to this moment. Or, or six weeks from now, that moment of us uh, saying goodbye to him as he as he heads out into a dormitory and releasing him. Every All of these moments have led up to this point. And, you know, I could get stuck. 
right here. And that was what those music videos were doing to me as well. As, uh, and honestly, I wasn't sure I'd be able to even talk about this. But, you know, the more I talk about it, the better it goes. But, but, but the passage we're going to look at is sort of, sort of like that. And so I'm going to read through it, and then I'm going to back up and, and break it down. And it should really help us as we read through it first to just grasp the concepts and maybe some of the things that require a little extra contemplation. So I'll make some comments after I read it. But let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7, or 11, verse 7, uh, through chapter 12, verse 8. It reads this, Light is sweet, and is pleasing for the eyes to see the sun. Indeed, if someone lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. And let him remember the days of darkness, since they will be many. All that comes is futile. Rejoice, young person. While you're young, and let your heart be glad in the days of your youth, and walk in the ways of your heart and in the desire of your eyes. But know that for all of these things, God will bring you to judgment. Remove sorrow from your heart and put away pain from your flesh, because youth and the prime of life are fleeting. So remember, this is chapter 12, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of adversity come, And the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun and the light are darkened and the moon and the stars and the clouds return after the rain on the day when the guardians of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. The women who grind grain cease because they are few and the ones who watch through the windows see dimly. The doors at the street are shut while the sound of the mill fades when one rises at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song grow faint. Also, they are afraid of heights and dangers on the road. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper loses its spring, and the caperberry has no effect, for the mere mortal is headed to his eternal home, and mourners will walk around in the street before the silver cord is snapped and the gold bowl is broken and the jar is shattered at the spring and the wheel is broken into the well and the dust returns to the earth as it once was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Absolute futility, says the teacher. Everything is futile. Now, Solomon is saying to everyone, don't miss what's most important. Pay attention. It's Focus, he's saying. I, I grew up on Karate Kid, and, and Mr. Miyagi was always telling Daniel's son to focus. You know, remember that scene? Look I, always look I. I don't know if you remember that scene, but... He's trying to get Daniel's son, his pupil, the one he's training, to pay attention. And this is Solomon's version of that. But even more, this is God's inspired word. God inspired Solomon to pen these words. God wants to remove as much regret as possible as we learn and take to heart some of these truths. So here's the principles. First, remember God and rejoice in the life he's given. This is a great principle and practice to rejoice to celebrate what God has done, to celebrate Him, to learn to walk with Him, to rejoice uh, with Him in the life that He has provided to each one of us, uh, to focus on Him even with gratitude. And if we're not intentional with this, we can all be consumed with just the experiences that we have in life and the gifts. It's easy to get consumed with the gifts of life, the experiences, the the the, the possessions we have. You can just get consumed. That can take your focus. And absolutely miss the giver. We focus on the gifts. We leave the giver behind. So Solomon is starting to really land the plane 
And one major conclusion he has is this, remember God and rejoice in the life that he's given. We have to be intentional with this in some specific ways. When we do this is each and every day, each and every day. Rejoice and remember God every single day. He addresses in this passage both young and old. So let's look at verse 7. Light is sweet and it is pleasing for the eyes to see the sun. He gives this reminder that with the rise of the sun each day, with the, with the rise of it, the gift of life is yours. You have another day. You're alive once again. You didn't pass in your sleep. Now, I have an older friend who, who's nearly 80, and, and when we when we talk and I ask how he's doing, he usually replies, Hello? I'm still alive. And, and you know, he's using each day well. My last living grandparent uh, died about two months ago, and my mom tells me that Sadly, she spent the last decade of her life asking, why am I still here? So whether you're 18, and some of you are, or 81, whenever the sun rises in the morning, that's the signal that the gift of life is yours to enjoy once again. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. He goes on in the passage, indeed, if someone lives many years Now here he specifically addresses those who are older. If someone lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. And let him remember the days of darkness, since they will be many. All that comes is futile. So if God grants you a long life, make the most of of that life. Make the most of all of those days. Don't linger, he's saying, after mirages. Mirages are those things that appear off in the distance that we think are some object, but really it's just the the glare, the shadows, and and is nothing. And so it's just a mirage. And so if we're not careful, we can sort of look out there in the distance and fantasize about something in the future that we hope would be or could be. But what Solomon is saying is, hey, it's important to enjoy the present. And Solomon, he warns that putting hope in what you think is really coming is it's a futile way of living. Then he directs this section to, to those who are younger, and he writes, it's great to be young. It flies by fast. So look at verse 9. Rejoice, young person, while you are young, and let your heart be glad in the days of your youth. When we're young, the joys of life often, they're not tainted by pain, and, and they're not tainted by the pressures that come later in life. So he's saying, look, soak it in, young person. This is what's fun about children. Even with most injuries, they're often running within minutes or, or within the hour. You know, they, they, there was a little one in our church recently that broke a bone and, and I, and I asked, how's it going? And, and, and it was okay. They were okay. They were gonna be okay. They were still smiling. It's not the same way when you see an older person breaking a bone. It is very, very hard to recover. Solomon says this, and walk in the ways of your heart and in the desire of your eyes. Our, our energy as as young people, think back to when you were young, our energy is really at its peak. And so Solomon is saying, go for it when you're young. Expend your energy. Pour it out. Don't, don't say, hey, I'm going to wait until I have all the money or until I have a family or until I have kids or, or everything in life is just right. If, if those come later in life, then great. But your energy may not be uh, peaking at that point. And so important you know, reality is what has God given you to do right now with all of this energy, young person? If, I'm so grateful that as 
When I was younger, I learned a handful of hobbies. I was taught how to use certain tools. I competed in sports. I learned some instruments. I was able to travel and sightsee. I saved up. I found something I'd want. I'd save up for the purchase while I was young. I could do that. I didn't have all the responsibilities. We have all those areas that cause our hearts uh, to, to skip a beat. Some of you love roller coasters. Some of you love adventure, food tasting, sightseeing, board games, marathons. You love the thrills in life. You know, you may have found some areas that really enhance your joy. Solomon's saying, go for it, but don't miss this. Here's Solomon's caution. Know that for all these things, these pursuits, God will bring you to judgment. Basically, you'll give an account to God. So don't get ahead of God. Just because you're young and you have energy doesn't mean you should grow impatient. Should, you shouldn't be hasty. It doesn't mean you should cross guardrails. In fact, there are protections through the guardrails. God's word gives us some, some guardrails. It, it serves to keep us safe and protected and blessed. So Psalm is saying, look, don't just use your energy for selfish reasons. Don't just blow past the boundaries that God has set. But use your energy well and in balance. Verse 10, remove sorrow from your heart. Remove sorrow from your heart. One of my grandparents, my dad's father, used to say, he'd say, Joshua, don't worry about it. That was one of his phrases. Don't worry about it. He was, he was, uh, he would, he, he would celebrate as often as he, as he could. And here's a picture of me with my grandfather and he was, the one that would often host people in his house and he'd throw parties often. He would just shuffle around the house even up until his later years and he was just wanting to make sure that people were enjoying their time. And he just had a big smile on his face and, and uh, you know, he would try to just uh, focus on the good in life. Now, when you're young, this is another statement here. He says, put, put away pain from your flesh. When you're young, it's important to stay fit. Use your energy well because here's why. Youth and the prime of life are fleeting. Some of you are, are 25, which for an 18-year-old, that sounds so old to be 25. Now, some of you are 32, and whoa, that is like ancient. Let's not even talk about the distant decades of life. I mean, for me, I'm like a real old guy in the eyes of some. But here's Solomon's point. Every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. Don't waste them. Whatever age you are, don't let the dark days rob your joy. Look, we all face difficult days and, and seasons even, but you're still alive. How can you rejoice in the days that you've been given? Another word of advice from Solomon. Aiming, so remember God and rejoice in the life he's given. Aiming to use your energy when you're young. Use your energy. So chapter 12, verse 1. So remember your creator in the days of your youth. He's saying, look, just don't forget God in all the excitement. If you're young, yes, you have money. You have fewer responsibilities. Uh, you maybe have your first job. Maybe you're launching into your career and you, you have less people that you're responsible for right now, potentially. Maybe you have the ability to travel. Like, let's go to Europe. Or let's go out for the evening. Or let's go away for the weekend. Or, or let's, let's go out late tonight. Or let's, let's buy this. Or let's buy that. Just don't forget God. Don't forget God and, and, and His kingdom. Seek Him first right now. That's the best foundation. That's why Solomon is saying, remember your Creator while you're young. In those, in those youthful moments and seasons of your life. Now, for us as a church, I'm still blown away 
that God has brought to our church. So many young people who are so committed to serving God in a number of ways. The way that they serve, the way that they team, the way that they give, the way that they uh, are loyal. It, it's just amazing to see such a young uh, group of committed Christ followers. It blows me away. And it's been one of the keys to, I think, our development here as a church. As we've grown, it's been a joy to see that God gives us a group of young people uh, to invest in, to raise up, to prepare for future seasons. So remember him. Remember God. If you're young, so remember him. Before the days of adversity come, you know that complexity is coming. It's going to get more difficult in your life. Before the years approach when you'll say, I, I have no delight in them, there are dark, dark days. The older you get, the more challenges you're going to face. Seasons of difficulty, seasons of challenge. There's a season called midlife. I'm living in that season right now. I'm, I'm, I'm still in the point where I'm raising my kids, but I'm getting ready to launch them. Uh, my, my parents and my wife's parents are getting older, and so we're beginning to uh, care for more uh, our aging parents and having to think about what does that look like for them and how can we play our role in helping them. But this is the season where God wants us. Uh, God wants us to care for them. And so how can you in your in your life aim to use the energy you have, especially if you're in your younger years? Now, this is really for all of us. Okay, finally, remember God and rejoice in the life he's given recognizing that aging is an unavoidable part of life, which which brings difficulty. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 2 through 7. Let's take a look. Again, remember God. You could almost just keep inserting this idea of remember God, because that theme carries through this. Remember God when you're young. Why? Well, here's why. Because uh, you and I were getting older. So it says, before the sun and the light are darkened. Now this passage turns right here and describes the aging process and it almost likens it to a person's body like a house like a dwelling place so remember god before the sun and the light are darkened so uh, this is the issue of eyesight our eyesight begins to go the older we get our eyesight begins to fail it says in the moon and the stars and the clouds return after the rain we're to remember God. Verse 3, On the day when the guardians of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. This sort of reference to how our strength is failing. The guardians of our house, really I would say that's, that's, our, that's our hands. That's our feet. The guardians of our house, this is our ability to defend ourselves and defend our family. Uh, that, that weakens over time. Uh, your strength will change through the years. It says this next. The women who grind grain cease because they are few. This is maybe, and many scholars would say this is a reference to the fact that our teeth will begin to get brittle, decay, fall out even. And so, we just start breaking down. We see this in the passage here. It says, and the ones who watch through the windows see dimly. This is probably, again, a, a, a reference to the fact that our vision uh, begins to dim, our vision begins to fail. Verse 4, the doors at the street are shut while the sound of the mill fades. When one rises at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of the song grow faint. And so this is references here to the fact that our hearing uh, grows um, more. Uh, it's just more difficult to hear as we get older. Our he hearing begins to fail. And I actually 
can say more and more that I, I tend to notice this one. I'll sometimes notice that I'm turning my head to, to, to hear uh, as, as I'm in a conversation or if I'm trying to watch a movie. Sometimes I'll turn my head uh, to hear better. I never used to do that. Well, I'm aging. Verse 5 says, Also they're afraid of heights and dangers on the road. This is just a, a reference to the fact that um, the, the fear of falling, the fear of danger, the concern for even just the worry uh, level rises the older we get. We're more aware of things that can hurt us, damage us, be a threat to us. Uh, the interesting part of this passage is they're afraid of heights and dangers on the road. Uh, I used to be able to jump off fences. I remember as a teenager jumping off fences. I remember jumping off the roof a couple times um, of, of some smaller structures. And I could do that, and I just sort of brace myself for impact. Maybe you've done that before. But now the thought of that totally frightens me. I can't imagine jumping off a fence anymore. Uh, these days, coming off um, a, a small stage, you know, could cause a trip to the doctor. Uh, but, you know... These are the conversations that I'm having now with with people who are my age or older is, do I want to live in a two-story house? Well, these were never concerns that I would have considered in the past, but the years are rolling by. It continues, the almond tree blossoms. This is a reference uh, to hair turning gray. Uh, just the white of the blossom of the almond tree. It says the grasshopper loses its spring. The spring that we had in our step, it's left us. We no longer have that same energy. It says the caperberry has no effect. This is likely a reference to diminishing sexual desire. The caperberry, I guess, was was sort of an ancient desire booster. And so Solomon's making reference to uh, the desire diminishing over time with with older age. It goes on for the mere mortal is headed to his eternal home, and mourners will walk around in the street. Now, 100% of you that are watching this will one day breathe your last breath, and you'll be mourned by those who are left. So the thrust of this aging passage is worship God and remember God and serve him fully when you're able to. When you're young and through the year, just enjoy the life he has given. Because the days are getting darker and darker. Verse 6, before the silver cord is snapped and the gold bowl is broken. These are references to the finer things in life. Essentially, we have our resources, our wealth. And whenever de- death strikes, whether it's through sickness or just suddenly death strikes, you cannot take it with you. Those resources that you have in your home, the, the resources you have in your bank account, those possessions, those accounts, those retirement plans, all of those things and the, those resources attached to those, those values, those, that all at death gets handed over to someone else. And one question is, what are they going to do with all of that that you worked so hard for? And will their priorities match your priorities? Now, I remember uh, writing up our will and our trust about five years ago, and we wanted we wanted a certain percentage of, of our estate and all that we had saved whenever we passed uh, to go to each one of our uh, three kids. So there was a certain percentage that would go to each of our three children, and then a percentage that would be given to, to the church that we helped start. And so, you know, as we thought through what would go to our kids and what would go to OCC, you know, uh, why did that matter? Well, it's because at that point, once death comes and those resources are up for grabs, 
Um, these resources can do so much. And who have we poured our lives into? We've poured our lives into our children, and we've poured our lives into our church family. And those opportunities are tremendous opportunity to help advance the future. And so we thought ahead of time, what do we want to do with those resources? Where do we want those to go? Because we're thinking about the opportunity to steward the future well. Passage goes on, it reads, And the jar is shattered at the spring, and the wheel is broken into the well, and the dust returns to the earth as it once was, and the spirit returns to the God who gave it. Now, this sort of takes us to Genesis. God formed Adam in the garden from the dust of the ground, the dust of the earth. He he forms Adam into a man. He breathes the breath of life into him. And it says, And to the dust... Adam will return. Um, so that's really this reference here. The spirit returns to the God who gave it. The dust returns to the earth as it once was. So we return to dust physically. You know, our bodies go into a grave and, and and break down over time. To dust we return. But our spirit is eternal. This doesn't say that everyone goes to heaven. That's not what this is saying. This just lets us know that after we die... Our spirit, that eternal part of you and me, comes before God to give an account. All of us will appear before God to give an account. Several references to that. Here's one, Hebrews 9.27. It reads, And just as it is appointed for people to die once, and after this judgment, Solomon knew that we would all appear before God. What he didn't know, that we now know, is that if we've chosen to follow Christ Jesus and yield to him as the Lord... We appear before Jesus himself. Second Corinthians 5.10 reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And it's at this point where we'll give an account for our lives and for our motives. All of that will be revealed. Our actions, our attitudes, our, world, our, our words, everything will be reviewed and it will be clear to us that we failed to live up to God's perfect standard. And I'm sure we'll grieve. There'll be tears, but only for a moment. Look at one of the promises in the Bible related to this moment. Isaiah 25, verse 8 and 9 reads this, When he has swallowed up death once and for all, the Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. For the Lord has spoken. On that day it will be said, Look, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he has saved us. So for those who follow Christ in this life, this judgment moment will become a pardon as he clothes us in his perfect righteousness and forgives us from all of our sin. So this world and this life is not all that there is. So back to Solomon, verse 8. It says that he comes to this response which he keeps stating through all of this book, absolute futility. Because he just said in verse 7, to dust we return, the Spirit returns to the God who gave it. Then he says, absolute futility, says the teacher. Everything is futile. See, Solomon, he, he had a partial picture. But we can have hope because of God's love and, and his offer of grace in Jesus, his Son. Regardless of where you've been in the past, regardless of what you've done today in Christ, there is hope. So let's talk about that as we wrap up first. Uh, one of the next steps, and this is for those who've, who've chosen to follow Christ, really for all, but I would say for those who've cho- chosen to follow Christ with their lives, choose gratitude and appreciation in the season that God has given me. 
So just thank the Lord for the season that he's got you in. God, thank you for the age that I am, the opportunities I have, the, the roles you've had me play, the relationships that I'm able to enjoy. Thank you, Lord, for this season. You know, the older I get, the more I have to be grateful for. And the older I realize how dependent on God I really am, and so expressing my thanks to the Lord, uh, the older I have have grown has become more of a value to me. So how, how could you grow in this area? Another step, for those of you who aren't sure where you stand with God, as we talked about this reality of the fact that our spirits will depart to the God who made us, will stand before him in judgment. Have you considered making peace with God today? Have you considered establishing a relationship with Jesus Christ? Whether you're young, whether you're old, it really, even maybe to express a prayer to God. Here's here's a, an idea of, of a prayer like that. God, I believe in you. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to pay the penalty for my sin and for my wandering and my rebellion. You paid the penalty for that through your death and through your resurrection. Jesus, thank you. I admit I'm a sinner. I admit I need your forgiveness and, and I'm aware of that. I'm ready to turn my life towards you to follow you from this moment forward. And we would invite you on your connection card, on that digital connection card, you can indicate either that you'd like to clarify what it means to be a Christian or to commit to Jesus for the very first time. And either way, if you indicate those, uh, we'll follow up with you right away. We would love to help you in your walk with Jesus. Finally, maybe fill in this statement, this season I choose to enjoy blank. I would, I would just encourage you to, to answer that, to make that statement. What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you specifically uh, through this time, through this message, rather than landing where Solomon landed when he wrote futility? It's all meaningless. It's all it's all futile. Without just uh, remaining in a place where you just maybe would be empty and growing bitter. Uh, what in this season do you think God is nudging you to enjoy and you to make the most of? I hope you'll reflect on that and, and answer that for yourself. Next week is our last week in this series. Live in our service will be Harold Bullock uh, looking at our final conclusion. I've invited uh, my good friend Harold Bullock. Uh, Harold, is he was formerly the pastor, the founding pastor of Hope Community Church in Fort Worth, Texas. And he founded that church in the mid-70s, also founded a network of churches. And really out of his life and his church has come well over a 100 churches and ministries all over the world. And so this whole series will sort of set up that final message. And so I invite you to come uh, to our campus next weekend for that. And we have services inside and outside. Thanks for joining us today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of life. All that we have is because of you and has been provided and uh, protected uh, by your strong and mighty hand. Lord, thank you for uh, the way you're working in us, the way you work through us, uh, as we uh, team together in church life, as we relate in, in groups, in smaller groups, as we serve together uh, uh, in our events and, and uh, on the weekends. Lord, we thank you, God, for the opportunity to make the most of, of, this, uh, of this life. Help us to be those that remember you and rejoice in the life that you've given all through our lives, Lord, help us, whether we're young or old. Father, I pray that we would not squander the opportunity we have to serve you and to draw close to you. And so we thank you for these reminders today. Help us to be encouragement to those around us. 
to come alongside those who are ahead of us and behind us. We pray that we would be uh, those who are used in the lives of others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by the message and equipped to take your next step with Jesus. Visit us online at occathome.com to learn more about how to connect with us. And join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast. Have a great day.